the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. In uh, 54 minutes from now, across all time zones, you want to make sure you know exactly where your kids are. Are your kids in school? National School Walkout has been organized for today, exactly one month after Parkland, Florida, school shooting to protest guns and gun violence. Hundreds, possibly thousands of kids all over the country are expected to take part. So how does something like this get organized? Because I've organized events before, and it's really, it's tough and expensive. Was it David Hogg and the Merry Band of Underage Gun Control Experts? For the first time in a month, they actually didn't have anything to do with it. Maybe you've given your consent for your kids to participate today. Maybe you haven't. But I thought it was both relevant and important for you to know as a parent who put all of this in motion. Everything going down today was set up and organized by the Women's March. Now, the brain trust behind the Women's March first began organizing today's walkout on February 16th. And they've been hard at work organizing for weeks to make sure that today's student protest goes off without a hitch. Let's just call them uh, community organizers. They don't give a damn about school safety. Their leaders and honorary co-chairs only care about pushing their own agenda. They also think it's both relevant and important for you to know why some of these people are uh, um, who they are and, and what they believe. And, and what's behind the Women's March? You want to know what they stand for? Well, I would. I mean, if my children were participating in this, I would want to know. Linda Sarsour, Carmen Perez, Tamika Mallory. They all have two things in common. They're co-chairs of the Women's Man, and they also have a certain special friend, Louis Farrakhan. Now... We can tell you who Louis Farrakhan is and how much of a nut he is. But if you're curious about his ideology, all you need to do is hear the climax of his recent speech at the annual Nation of Islam gathering. And he said, quote, white folks are going down. Satan, that's us, going down. And Farrakhan, by God's grace, has pulled the cover off that satanic Jew. And I'm here to say your time is up. That's end quote. By the way, Louis Farrakhan has not lost his position on Twitter. There's no hate speech there. Now, that's the ideology that the most powerful organizers in the Women March are associated with and friendly with. But we're just getting started. The list of honorary co-chairs at the original Women's March on Washington, D.C. reads like a list of who's who's of radical. You have Angela Davis. She was the leader in the Communist Party USA during the 1960s. You have Dolores Herta, Huerta, who is a radical socialist that came to prominence organizing the United Farm Workers with Cesar Chavez. She also participated in the communist-organized women's strike for peace. She's also a big fan of Hugo Chavez. By the way, anybody who's a big fan of Hugo Chavez, how's that working out for you? Are you, maybe you can't hear me because I'm sure you're down there 
helping the people. The average person has lost 25 pounds, not because they're on a diet, but because they're starving to death. How's that working out for you? Also, Harry Belafonte, another honorary co-chair with some interesting statements. Once called Colin Powell a house slave, compared Powell and Condoleezza Rice to Jews working for the Nazis. Now, these are the people that are either directly responsible for or associated with the march that your kids may be participating in today. If your kid participated, you need to sit down with them today and talk to them about how they're being used as a useful idiot. Make sure that you teach them the history of useful idiots and how communists always use them. And they always start with the youth. Make no mistake, this is about a radical, radical agenda. This has nothing to do with common sense gun control. It's Wednesday, March 14th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And I'm going to do a monologue tonight on uh, television uh, that is a, a look back at history and to show you what exactly is happening uh, to the West and how we are being dismantled just like we dismantled the East, uh, especially in the 1980s. All of the same tactics are being used, and they're being used, and we are... We are blind to what is happening. And if we don't start pulling together and we don't start rejecting the radicals on both sides, those who are in in the conservative movement that are excusing Russia and Putin, and I'm not talking about anything with Trump. Those who are sticking up and saying, oh, Putin's a good guy. Putin is a very bad man. Russia is our enemy. The Cold War is is on times 10. And then on the other side, those in on the, the Democrats, there was a story because of the Pennsylvania thing. Are, is the is the rise of the moderate conservative Democrat? Is it is it happening again? No. No, they're run by radicals. And I'm sorry, I know it seems like it's crazy. Oh, they're, you know, just communists. Ooh, communists. They're so scary. There's no communists anymore. Yes, there are. Democratic Socialist uh, uh, Party of America, the Democratic Socialist, the Communist Party, it actually still exists. There are those radicals that still believe in that nonsense. You may not, but they do. And they're choking the life out of the Democratic Party. How many liberal, how many liberal Democrats who consider themselves, you know, the, 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 the Jack Kennedy Democrat. Do they even exist anymore? People say they don't. I believe they do. They're just asleep. They just have bought into this. Oh, come on. It's the Clintons. Have you listened to Hillary Clinton lately? Have you heard what she's saying overseas? 
Have you heard what she's calling the average person in America that didn't want to vote for her? I know a lot of Democrats that didn't want to vote for her. A lot. They didn't want to vote for her because they felt she was corrupt. They felt she was completely out of touch. The Democrats are losing votes now. They're losing, they're losing steam you know, with, with white Americans. Why do you suppose that is? Because everything you say about America in the center of the country it sounds like you hate us. I'm for the working man. Really? Are you? I'm for the I'm for the women. Are you really? Except for those women who just listen to their husband and they're so weak and pathetic that their husband or their boss convinced them to vote against you because just a few days just a few days before the election, uh Comey came out and said, "Yeah, it looks like we, there is something here we need to look at." Oh, and so they were just, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. She might go to jail. Please, Mr. Boss, I'm just a stupid typist. What do I do? Well, you can't vote for her. She's going to prison. Oh, is she? Yes, she is. You should vote for Trump. <laughs> okay. My gosh, that's your statement about what women are today? Holy cow. Women should be insulted by that. Many are. They have been taken over by a radical agenda. And it is the same thing that I believe CPAC was doing. CPAC is like, you know, let's just bring them in. Just bring them in. I mean, they're not so radical. And, you know, they agree with us on this. I don't care. I don't care if I agree. I don't care if I agree with, uh, you know, with with the with the Nazis that the Audubon's pretty good. I like the Audubon. I don't really care. Everything else about them really bad. Well, you know, I agree that, you know, we do need a strong military. Yeah, it's the Nazis. I don't care what I agree with them on because mm, on balance. The things I don't agree with them on is bigger. So I don't bring them into the party. Same with the communists. I don't bring them into the party. I don't bring the radicals. I don't bring the people who say burn it all down. I don't bring them into the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. When I look at somebody like Joe Lieberman, who's a common sense guy and who was your vice presidential candidate, who four years later said, there is no place for me in this party, I'm leaving, and spoke at the Republican Party convention. When that happens, I think as a Democrat, I say, wait a minute, what does he know that I don't know? What's really happening? They've eaten you. Now, if you're, if you're for freedom of speech, meaning hmm, the speech that I like, if that's what you're for then I got a couple of parties for you. If you're for just silencing everyone who disagrees with you, I know who you can vote for. But if you think that's not America, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. If you're for xenophobia, all foreigners are bad. I know who you can vote for. If you're for 
uh, wait a minute. I think we just need to know who's coming in here. I think we just I think we should watch all of our borders and I think we should figure out who's here. And I think we should make sure that it's all legal and that we're not getting the murderers and MS-13 coming in. But I don't hate foreigners. Okay, well, I can agree with you. But if I think all foreigners are bad, I'm not going to let. I'm not going to hang out with you. No matter how much juice you can give us, the Democrats and the Republicans are on the early road. But the Democrats did this back in the '80s, and it destroyed them. We're now seeing the fruits, and it's beginning to happen with the Republicans. And we're going to be able to have a very clear understanding of who the good guys are and who the bad guys are on the, on the left and the right for those who stand with Vladimir Putin. Theresa May had enough of Vladimir Putin coming in and killing people in her country. Now, last week, Russia... Using a, what was the name of this uh, toxin, this nerve agent? What was it? Rovichok, I believe. Rovichok. It's only made in the Soviet Union, right? Only made. Okay. So they used this, and they used it for a reason. They wanted to make sure everybody knew, well, this is, this is us. And how do you know it's us? Because it's only made by us. They went, and they were trying to kill a, a, a spy, a former spy, and uh, they t- bring they they sneak this chemical agent in, and they hospitalize twenty one people, many of them in critical condition. Don't know if anybody. We don't know how many are going to be killed because of this nerve agent. It is more toxic than VX gas. It had to have come in through some sort of a diplomatic pouch. Ten times as toxic as VX. Okay, but only ten. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Okay, I want to talk to you about that. I want to take a quick break, and I want to talk to you. Because you're going to be able to see. We're going to separate the men from the boys here soon, right now. Because Vladimir Putin is saying, oh, you're just telling fairy tales. That's not us. And you don't threaten a nuclear power. We are on the verge. We are in a more precarious place than I have felt we have been at with the Soviet Union since Reagan and perhaps since the 1960s. We are on the verge of World War III. We told you that that was coming, and we told you that it would happen with Russia. If you've been following us, we've been talking about this for years. Destabilize the, uh, destabilize the Middle East, then destabilize Europe. The communists, the anarchists, and the Islamists will work together to destabilize the Western world and collapse it. I think we're at the point to where they think they're strong enough to collapse it. And quite honestly, if you don't understand that Russia and Putin are really bad actors, and you're seeing people who are, oh, you know what? Oh, come on. They're just making this up about Russia. They're not so bad. You're a problem. You're a problem. You, you need to do you need to do a little reading and a little research. And you separated this earlier, but it's not about 
any election thing. Nothing. It's not about that. Nothing. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with any. It has more to do, honestly, with the with the Democrats who have who have brought all these radicals into their own party. But the Republicans are starting to do it, too. But I mean, our closest ally had 21 people go to the hospital because of a chemical weapons attack by a foreign power. Yeah. This is not some silly thing that you blow off because, well, the Democrats are doing it. Or you see someone, you know, your, your liberal friend on Twitter keeps saying the word Russia. Just because they're saying the word Russia doesn't mean that this stuff isn't real. Yeah, we're going to talk to you about it and give you the lowdown here in just a second. All right, every... Every business needs great people, and we have a better way for you to find them if you're hiring. Something better than posting your job online and just praying that the right people will see it. It's ZipRecruiter. They knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that um, finds the right job candidates for you. They, it learns what you're looking for, and then ZipRecruiter identifies the people with the right experience and invites them to, to apply for your job. And this is why 80% of the people who uh, use ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. ZipRecruiter, by the way, just doesn't stop there. They even spotlight and, uh, uh, and highlight the strongest applications that you receive so you don't miss the person that you should be hiring. ZipRecruiter, this is how you find the next great hire. ZipRecruiter, find out today why it's been used, used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Try it out for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So... Vladimir Putin responded uh, yesterday to Theresa May, who said, you know, you stop, you, you, you know, this is, she almost said act of war. Um, this is a, a use of unauthorized weapons on uh, UK soil. Sounded like she was starting to evoke the uh, Article 5 NATO treaty. Um, Putin responded with, don't threaten a nuclear power. You don't have any idea who you're dealing with. Uh, started a, uh, said this is a disinformation campaign uh, of the West and, uh, Theresa May has pulled out the diplomats and frozen the Russian assets in uh, the UK. We'll talk about that here in a second. But first, so you understand, this is not some little deal. This is only the only people that make this nerve agent that has hospitalized 21 people. Uh, the only ones that made it was the Soviet Union. And the guy who is the co-creator lives now here in America, defected and is in, is in New Jersey. Vil Mirzanyanov, yeah, he's an 83-year-old man, co-creator of the Nerve Agent. Um, interesting, because he, he actually wrote a book, defected, wrote a book outing all the illegal chemical weapons that the Soviet Union was producing, and that was one of the weapons that they did not disclose. They didn't disclose that, and they kept it under the wraps, and the reason being is because it was, it was created so that they could actually slip through sanctions like this or inspections, because it combines multiple different, like, actual everyday like so they manufacturing could have, they could have brought this on not through a diplomatic pouch but on a regular airplane um well i guess it's possible but i would say highly unlikely because okay. it's more than just the chemical agent and this is also another heavily you know heavy indicator that says that a state actor of russia was involved with this yeah because the you just having the chemical is not the biggest Enough. thing it's the delivery to do that so you have to have some means to hold it transport it keep it safe and release it which is a delivery agent 
Okay, so this is 10 times more dangerous than VX gas. Uh, and it's not made to just kill. It is, it's made to be the most painful death. Is that right? The, the co- that's the, another thing the co-creator has said is like, there's no reason to use this. You would just use VX or polonium or something like that. The only reason is because it causes intense, unimaginable pain, hmm. is a quote from him, and it's incurable, according to him. So the only reason is to, this is to instill fear. Okay, so there's more on this and the response and what is in the future. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a second. Glenn Beck Mercury You're listening to the Glenn Beck program. Boy, I do not um, envy Mike Pompeo. Uh, in his first day on the job, uh, we have serious issues heating up with Russia and and actions that none of us saw coming. I mean, you don't you, you pick a fight with a nuclear power and you have very few options. This has been escalated and there's already talk now about a cyber war that that uh, the UK may start to engage. Vladimir Putin knows cyber wars. We're already under a cyber war. This is the kind of stuff. World War Th- World War Three. If you count the Cold War, I think you can count it as a world war. We're entering World War Four, but World War One and Two were fought with bullets and tanks and planes. World War Three or Four is is not going to be fought that way. It's going to be fought with ones and zeros, and we know people have already tried to penetrate uh, and uh, and and ping our power grid and and they've already shown us that they can get in past many of the things in the power grid i was a little concerned today when they were talking about jeff bezos and uh, how the pentagon is now going to put all of their secret files on the amazon cloud you see that on the amazon cloud oh okay wow they they're better than the pentagon holy cow what does that say I'm glad Amazon's not connected to a major news outlet. I mean, that would yeah, be <laughs> know, that would be bad. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> anyway. you know the one, the one that the, the Pentagon Papers or anything, yeah, like God, isn't that a weird? That's a strange <laughs> step. It right? is. Yeah, we don't have to have them smuggled out. We we'll just download. Them. <laughs> so uh, all right. So so Jason uh, is with us. He is our head of our um, uh, our military intelligence and and global strategy uh, department and and our head researcher. And has a background in military intelligence and uh, and has been watching Russia for a while. So 21 people. I think this is really important. This isn't just like 21 people. Oh, they they breathe some, you know, some gas in and they're really sick. No, no, no. There is no cure for this gas. Well, I mean, a lot of this comes down to personal taste, too. Like, I know <laughs> that you, you like musicals and I don't. Yeah. You know, right. I'm an Eagles fan. Jason, you're a Cowboys fan. Like, right. people have different preferences. So sure. I don't know what you have to decide for yourself whether you think this would be fun or not. Okay. But exposure, either by inhalation or through the skin, leads to muscle spasms, mm-hmm. secretion of fluid into the lungs, mm. organ failure, ah. and foaming at the mouth. Um, if the no victim, psoriasis? No. 
No, there's no heartbreak of psoriasis okay. that, is, that exists with this. And no restless leg syndrome that we know Rashes? Of. Uh, there, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I mean, and you're not bleeding from the eyes, right? No. no. So this oh, is, this is not so bad. so bad. Yeah. Uh, listen to this quote from the same guy you were quoting, Jason, who one of the co-creators of this particular chemical weapon mm-hmm. launched uh, on the gr- uh, grounds of our you know, best ally. Uh, antidotes exist, but what does an antidote mean? You're saving a person who has been exposed to this gas, but temporarily not to die at this time, but he will be an invalid for the rest of his life. And in great excruciating pain. Yeah. Jeez. So 21 citizens of the UK have been hit by this gas that was made and only exists in the former Soviet Union. 21 people. You know, they're in the hospital. They're in critical condition. They're not going to get better. They're ne- none of them are going to return to their normal life. Even if they get better, they're not. There is no cure for this, uh, which is also another sign that it's Russian. They don't make things with a cure. It's what sets the West apart from the former Soviet Union chemical and biological weapons program. So now Theresa May said on Monday, look, you come up with an explanation of this. Otherwise, there's serious consequences. We were speculating that they would kick out the uh, the ambassadors, which is a very big, a very big deal. They the UK already this morning kicked out 21 ambassadors because Putin said, don't threaten us. You're making this up. You know, send it to us. We'll, we'll check. But we know it's a lie. It didn't come from us. Uh, and don't threaten a, a nuclear power. You don't know what you're doing. And he said, if you kick out, uh, if you kick out people, we're going to retaliate. You kick out our press. You kick out our spies. You kick out uh, our ambassadors. We'll do the same to you. And then some. Then there was somebody else uh, in the, I believe it was the foreign office of the UK that started talking about there's a possibility. We One of the options on the table is a uh, a first strike digital attack this is getting a lot more serious uh uh really fast uh jason you want to comment on that yeah i think it's interesting and if you think back towards the uh the soviet era and kind of goes back to what you're saying about you know the cold war world war one world war two those types of wars um the soviets actually called the cold war in the very beginning world war three they considered that the next great war but they specifically said that this would not be a war with bullets. It would not be a war even fought with nukes, even though we were all you know, rapidly trying to increase our stockpiles of them. They said we were going to f- fight this war without a single shot fired, and it was going to be completely done using disinformation, using spies, sub- you know, spies, subterfuge, all that. And, I mean, I mean frankly, they, they were very, very successful in that. But... Now, I mean, now as we move towards this, you know, this new era, uh, you know, with technology, with cyber warfare, um, everything that we have today, we can move into another war, but you know, after the Cold War, which is all about, uh, you know, cyber warfare. It's all about uh, using uh, tactics like what they did to, you know, to interfere with the election. Um, those are just opening salvos. Those are just opening salvos. With the aggressiveness that the Russia is doing now, with how they really just don't seem to care. They just really don't seem to care. They're doing these things and basically laughing in our face. If they're doing that, how you know how more aggressive do you think they're going to be in the digital era? Let's, how bad do you think the midterms are going to be? How bad do you think the next presidential election is going to be? And not only for us, but every single NATO country in the world or any country that they want to turn against the Western alliance. 
Do you, can I change the subject for a second? Do you think they have the, the, for lack of a better term, the scramjet technology for the missiles? No. I don't either. I think this is, I think this is Ronald Reagan's Star Wars play at the end of the American empire in their eyes uh, to get us to spend ourselves into oblivion even more. They, did you see the video? He released a video, Putin did over the weekend, apparently, of this, this missile that can go 10 times the speed of sound. Far as I know, we do not have an alloy that can hold up to that speed. It, it melts. Everything we have melts. There's nothing that, there's nothing that can, can, can hold that heat. And uh, they say it can go 10 times as fast as the speed of, of sound and will bypass every single Patriot missile defense or any kind of shield that anybody has. Uh, that's pretty intense. And why did he release that this weekend? Why did he say that this weekend? That's a good point. I, I, and also to, to who has this technology, I don't think anyone has it. I think the last time I heard the Chinese were maybe a little bit ahead of us on this, but we both had not completed it. So I know the Chinese are close. I know that we are very, very close. And I haven't heard a thing about Russia. Um, and let's let's be honest. Uh, over the past, you know, almost 100 years, Russia Russian technology has all been stolen they very rarely develop something on their own. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just true. They, they, they stole the atomic weapons. They yeah. stole cruise missile technology, all, all of that stuff. So I highly doubt in this one instance, they suddenly leapfrogged the rest of the world and created something that no one else has been able to done, do before. And, and really everyone knows this. It's just, again, it's, it's like using one of the most deadly nerve agents on the planet to kill some poor 60-year-old man. It's all about fear. It's all about manipulation. And he's playing that game to a T. Can we give a little good news? Yeah. Okay, is it time for good news? Yeah. <laughs> is it yeah, good yeah, news yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. All right, because yeah. this is gonna this is positive. Okay. Okay. While this is talking about this chemical weapon uh, that you know is out there apparently now, while the chemical would take effect almost in- instantaneously if inhaled, it would work much more slowly, perhaps over a matter of hours, if absorbed through the skin. So we've got a couple of you know a few hours if it goes through your skin, and this is where it gets really good for you and me, Glenn. The agent is activated when it comes in contact with water and would be absorbed through the pores, slowed down by subcutaneous fat. <laughs> we <can> America, <laughs> we're safe. All <laughs> oh, you suckers have been going to the gym. <laughs> we're dead. going to control the world. The fat shall inherit the earth. <laughs> so, so let me let me ask one more thing. How serious do you think the the move is to freeze Russia's assets. Do we have that verified? Uh, I I saw that know. on a news report today. I the, the, to me that's a pretty big deal. She's I think I think the clarification may said where we see a threat. So it didn't sound like it was all their assets. It's like if they suspect, I guess, some kind of money laundering or something like that. Mm. Who knows? But with mm. Russian all banks, it's yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much all, all of them. It. It's, but it's, it's interesting, though, because London is pretty much the financial hub for all of Europe. It was kind of funny when it is like during Brexit. They said it's going to crash. You know, it's going to crash the financial system. They're not going to have access to European money. Well, European money is centered in London. That was what was so ridiculous. And people like Daniel Hannon knew that. But they were still trying to make the case that, you know, the entire system was coming down. 
But so th- if they actually, if London wanted to, they could pr- apply some serious pressure to Russian banks because all of it runs through there. That's actually also why you always see so many Russians that are killed in the UK because all those oligarchs, or all those old like KGB spies, they know exactly where they go. All the money they hoarded, they put it in UK banks. So that's why they're always killed in, in the UK because they go there to retire or to defect. Putin's not going to let them squeeze on the banks. It's going to be a very interesting few days. Here's the quote, by the way. We will freeze Russian state assets wherever we have the evidence that, they're, uh, that they may be used to threaten the life or property of UK nationals or residents. So that doesn't mean that they're going to freeze mm-hmm. all of them, but uh, they're certainly leaving that door open to whatever they want to freeze. Because, I mean, you can make that justification where they may be used to threaten the life of, or property of the UK. I Jason, mean, that's a pretty wide net. Jason, will you go do some research for me? And, uh, and let's see if we can have this ready for Monday. Uh, I would like to war game a uh, a cyber war. Let's war game. Let's explain because I don't even know what does it really mean to get into a cyber war. What's what's the first volleys, uh, the responses, and what it looks like if it's if it goes serious? Um, because I, it's a completely different kind of warfare. And Putin knows it. And a couple of years ago, he's the one who said, next war is going to be fought with, with ones and zeros. Uh, and he's been preparing for it. And we've already seen, again, it didn't change the election. What he's been doing is separating us. He's been getting to, to yell at each other and hate each other. And, and um, it's why they, they were putting out uh, blasts, you know, pro-cop. And at the same time, doing social media pro BLM, they just want us at each other's throats and it's working. And if we don't find our way to each other, uh, when things get serious, they will be able to crack the West wide open. We also need to remember that what brought down the Soviet empire was debt. All right, building an emergency food storage plan kind of sounds like a good idea right now. Um, We've been talking about it for years, but this is the week to build that foundation. Uh, This week, there is a a special four-week emergency food supply special happening at uh, My Patriot Supply. It's $198. You buy one for $198, and you get the other one for free. Buy one, get one. Now, these, these kits, by themselves... Sell for two hundred and seventeen dollars. This is one ninety eight, but you get it. You get two of them. Four week foods uh, supply, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for one person in your family, packed in a slimline tote so you can take it anywhere if you need to grab and go. It's it's a whole month of food that you don't have to worry about. The purchase is limited to two per order, so do it now. Preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. This lasts only this week. Buy one, get one free. Four-week emergency food supply. 800-200-7163 or preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck so Donald Trump yesterday was in uh, California, and he, uh, he had a couple of things to say. One, a Trump Space Force 
Let's play this cut, please. Here's Donald Trump yesterday. My new national strategy for space recognizes that space is a warfighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea. We may even have a space force. We'll develop another one. Space force. We have the Air Force. We'll have the Space Force. We have the Army, the Navy. You know, I was saying it the other day because we're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. This has actually been going on for, a, a, I mean, it started a long time ago, mostly in a galaxy far, far away. Is, is, is <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. You know, it's weird because he always goes off script. So that, that Space Force thing was not written by him. And I think that was written as a response to Vladimir Putin. Oh, you've got that missile? Yeah, we're developing a Space Force. And I'm not sure if he undercut that uh, or not, but that it's interesting that the Space Force was was in his script. Um, uh, also he said something yesterday about the governor of California. Do we have time to play that real quick? Uh, criticism from Governor Brown that some of this money might be better spent elsewhere. I think Governor Brown's done a very poor job running California. They have the <laughs> highest taxes in the United States. Uh, the place is totally out of control. You have sanctuary cities where you have criminals living in the sanctuary cities. And then the mayor of Oakland goes out and notifies when ICE is going in to pick them up. And many of them were criminals with criminal records and very dangerous people. You would say dangerous people. And uh, no, I think the governor's doing a terrible job running the state of California. And, you know, oh, yeah, sure. hey, I have property in California, I will say. I don't think too much about my property anymore, but I have great property in California. The taxes are way, way out of whack. Yeah. And... So how does this play? How does this play in California? I would hope that it plays well. That people are like, "Yep, yep, that's right." But I'm not sure we see the world the same anymore. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. The mechanical voice with the ironically American accent has gone silent today. This morning, the most famous theoretical scientist and physicist in the world has passed away, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking is, uh, is an icon and in, in many ways uh, an inspiration to me. In many other ways, not so much. He was studying physics at Cambridge. He took his education so, such a meaningless bother that most of his papers were written the night before they were due. And he would throw away his extra draft and his, his notes and his, his roommate pulled them out of the garbage to save them because he said they were miraculous Stephen, what are you doing? He said, that's just garbage. He was, uh, he was a partier at college until he fell down the stairs. While at Cambridge, he had been tripping an awful lot, and one day he fell down the stairs, and as he was laying at the bottom of the stairs, he thought something is wrong. 
He was diagnosed with ALS, which at the time, I believe, was called Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 22 years old. He was told that he would have no more than a couple of years to live. What ALS does is it just paralyzes the body slowly. He began to move or began to lose all of his motor skills. He was eventually confined to a wheelchair and he fell into a deep depression. Thankfully, a professor in his life encouraged him not to let his disease define him. With newfound confidence, he dove back into his work in science and physics. He was able to see the world and see see these physics equations in three dimensions in his imagination. Stephen Hawking is the prime example that all life is precious and has meaning. He is also a reminder about how great, how great a time we live. If he would have lived 50 years ago, he would have spent his entire life with people talking to him like this. And how are we feeling today, Mr. Hawking? Would you like me to open up the window? Talking down to him like he was an imbecile and in his head, trapped. Three-dimensional maps of space and black holes. Now, we know how Margaret Sanger and George Bernard Shaw would view Stephen Hawking. His life didn't have any meaning. His life wasn't worth anything. He had no quality of life. They would have said he was disabled and therefore a burden on society. They would have said, you know, before he goes through all of this pain, before he has to suffer, before he has to put his family through all of this, The doctors believe he has no quality of life and no future, and we should put him down. Isn't it amazing how that struggle is what made Stephen Hawking? Without ALS, he himself said, I don't know who I would have been. He didn't take his studies seriously. Until he, was, until he knew he was running out of time. Until he knew I had been given a gift of life and intelligence, and I'd been wasting it. And he began to apply himself. The world is a better place because of Stephen Hawking. Because he chose to live his life to the fullest, despite his crippling disease. He leaves behind now a loving wife, Three children and a legacy unmatched by many, most, and perhaps only eclipsed by Einstein. Agree with him or not, Hawking challenged everything we know. He challenged every perception of the universe. What I like about Stephen Hawking is he said, I believe this is true. And later would come out and be the first to say, I was wrong. He challenged even the things that he fought so hard because he believed they were true. He fought everyone and said, no, prove that it's wrong. I'm telling you, this theory is right. And when somebody, or even him, proved that it was otherwise, 
he led the charge to say, Mm-mm, we don't have that. We don't have that right. The most important thing that Stephen Hawking gave to the world is that no one can define your life by what you look like or what your abilities are. No one can define your life except you. You are the master of your own world and works. It's Wednesday, March 14th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Really kind of, in some ways, bummed. Stephen Hawking, uh, in some ways, played a big role in my coming of age, if you will, my the beginning of my search. He, he was one of the first people that I started to read when I questioned with boldness even the very existence of God, he and Carl Sagan. And uh, he is, a, in many ways, a, a true inspiration of what can be done if you just say, nope, I'm not going to let it beat me. Living life all the way to the end. So in some ways, it's a very sad day. In some ways, it's, it's not. He was, uh, if you had seen pictures of him recently, um, he was uh, sliding downhill uh, quickly. But man, you want to talk about a guy who fought and fought and fought and fought. Since the 19, what, 50s? Late 50s, early 60s? And I just, I, I, every time I think of Stephen Hawking, I think of, Thank God for the voice box. Thank God for that device. Think of the torture that would have been for him. I remember my grandfather on my father's side. I was not close to him. And he scared the hell out of me. And he scared me for a couple of reasons. But the main reason was uh, he had had a stroke. And he was uh, right side paralyzed. And uh, so the first time he had a stroke, he was, he like this. And he, and he would get confused um, in his language. Um, and I remember being very small. And I remember sitting on the carpet in his living room and looking up at him. And he was trying to tell me something. And uh, he couldn't form any of the words. This is after a second stroke. He couldn't form any of the words. And his eyes welled up. And tears started running down his cheeks. And I probably was six. And I remember thinking, he's trapped in there. I, I, somehow or another, I knew, I could, I, could, I could tell that he knew what he wanted to say. He couldn't make his body work. And it, it, ever since that day, that's been one of my biggest fears, is being trapped with your mind well and your body trapped and you can't let anyone know, I'm in here. And if it wasn't for technology, that's where Stephen Hawking would have been. Imagine that mind trapped. How many minds before have been trapped like that? How many minds today? How many people that we dismiss because of their communication abilities? Do we dismiss because they can't communicate it? 
my daughter has a really hard time with communication. She has, uh, uh, she has had CS cerebral palsy. She had strokes at birth and, uh, it's her, it's her nemesis. She can't communicate. She has a hard time, um, uh, choosing the right words and putting it together. And, uh, and she's, you know, she always feels like she's just, uh, no, I don't have it right. I don't have it right. This isn't, I don't know how to say it. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. I mean, you think about now where we are, because it's not about just people who can't communicate. Now we're talking about people who can communicate, can communicate well. People with Down syndrome, for example, that we've talked about this week, that can communicate fine. Uh, you know, they might not have uh, every single uh, thing going for them the exact same way. Some some of, some of their features are better, as we've discussed. They certainly seem happier than a lot of people. Um, but these are people who can actually communicate, uh, can talk back to you, can have a can smile, can have fun, can laugh, and we're celebrating their elimination. We have a guest on next hour, Nick Vujicic. We've had him on before about what, four years ago. He's written a new book called uh, Be the Hands and Feet. The ironic part about that is he has no hands and feet. He has, he, he, he was born, I believe he was a thalidomide baby. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, so he was born and he has uh, kind of very small hands, but they're right at the shoulders uh, and feet right at the hips. And uh, so he can't, he can't use them. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating to watch him. Um, I saw him give a speech where he kind of rolled out on stage, uh, and he inched wormed his way over, uh, to the center of the stage and said, so I don't have any hands and feet. What's, what's, what's your problem? And you're kind of like, Wow. <laughs> wow, I don't think I have any. I don't think I have any at all. The remote's way over there. That's my big <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. I know. I know that statue is really oppressing me right now, Nick. It's really man. And how, how many people today, if you were within the sound of my voice, I want you to hear something. And I want you to just ponder this. You may be your biggest obstacle. You may be your biggest ox. You, you don't know how many people are actually rooting for you. You don't know how many people are praying for you. You don't know how many people think, oh, I wish he would just, I wish he would just see who he really is. Because most of us miss who we really are. We, we, we get bogged down in our problems and the, and the truly great people figure that out and go, Crap, it's me. It's not the rest of the world. It's actually me. Huh. I never saw that one coming. I thought I was a pretty great guy. I'm causing a lot of my problems. Is today the day that you've been given a second chance? Is today the day that you're supposed to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care. 
I don't care what anybody says. I don't care really what happens because it can't get worse than this. I know who I am. I, I remember I remember the day that I ch- decided not to repeat my mother's ending of her life. My mother was an alcoholic and addicted to prescription drugs. Died when I was 15 years old. And I remember the day I realized I'm going to repeat my mom's life. And then I chose not to. And I was laying on the floor and I got up. And I, I went to bed. And I, 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 I wish I could say that the next day was better, but I don't think it was. But I don't remember the next day. I, I don't remember what I did. I, I remember it in broad strokes. And I remember that it was hard. But that all becomes a blur. I, I remember the good things that happened. I remember the, the struggle. But I remember conquering it slowly. I remember figuring it out slowly. It's so bizarre that if you're a woman, you can understand this, that the greatest pain you may ever feel is having a baby. You're usually screaming at your husband, never touch me again. I mean, if you didn't get the epidural. But the minute you have the child, you're ready to have another one. I mean, maybe not ready to have another one right <laughs> then, but you're, you're, you forget it immediately. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You just... You just have to get up off the floor and say, Why, what, 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 is, what is it that's holding me back besides me? Because no statue in the town square is doing that. ALS ain't doing that because it didn't hold him back. What is holding me back? Grab onto life because, man, it is so worth it. Not surviving, living. All right. Imagine taking, uh, you know, imagine taking your car on a hundred-day test drive. Imagine moving into a new house for a hundred days. I mean, it would you would still have the showroom stuff in it, you know, to be. It'd still all be staged. You wouldn't have to move all your furniture and unpack all the boxes. But imagine living in a house or something, anything that, you know, you can't take for 100 days. Spending a third of the year someplace and going, eh, no, it's not right. Well, you've never been able to do that with a mattress. Uh, but Casper is doing it because they know you're going to love it. But you, if you don't, no big deal. You're not out a single dime and you're not out any, you don't have any hassle because they come and pick it up. But 100 nights night after night, for you to sleep on a Casper mattress. Now, they do this because, I mean, you're not going to be able to tell. If you've ever purchased a mattress in a store and you really try, I'm going to really lay down for, you know, 10 minutes in my clothes with my shoes on, and I'm really going to think, am I comfortable in this? You can't tell until you're sleeping in it, and you can't even tell if you sleep one night, but it usually takes about a week before you're like, okay, this one works. Casper knows that. 
Now, Casper has built a mattress with a combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief for alignment and perfectly balanced. It's comfortable. It ships right to your door for free. And if you don't love it, they come and pick it up. Full refund. Nothing to lose. Check it out for 100 nights or go to the mattress store and sleep on something for 20 minutes. No, actually not sleep on it. Just feel uncomfortable like everybody's staring at you for about 10 minutes. Casper.com. It's the new way to buy the greatest mattress you'll ever sleep on. It is Casper.com. Use the promo code Beck. You're going to save $50 on select mattresses. That's promo code Beck at Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. All right. So Google and Elon Musk and everybody, they have a new partner. There's somebody lobbying now for the self-driving cars, for those laws to get passed so we can get these self-driving cars on the road. Someone really uh, encouraged by this new technology. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. The liquor industry. (laughs) (laughs) The liquor industry is now fully on board with self-driving cars. (laughs) Of course they are. Now, of course, their interest. Mm Mm-hmm. Is for the betterment of humanity. Of course, it's safer. It's safer. And first of all, no more drunk driving deaths. No. Uh, and you can drink their product while in the car. You could drink their product while in the car mm-hmm. to save a lot of lives. Well, now, uh, it might end some other ones because right. people are more willing to drink more. Right. They think that it's going to boost alcohol sales by as much as $250 billion. Oh, my gosh. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, I am an alcoholic, so you may have to temper this a bit. Mm-hmm. But after a long day's work, you wouldn't mind popping a beer or six? Oh, believe <laughs> I'm me. I'm just saying. After a long day's work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to work. In the middle of the day. No, it's interesting because we kind of have a, 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 a real world experiment, this company, I think in some ways has had a real world experiment in this we have? yes because uh we currently do the show in texas mm-hmm. but we used to do the show in manhattan mm-hmm. and when you're in manhattan it's basically you're in a world of self-driving cars no one has a car yes okay yes. so you're taking a cab everywhere you're taking a yes. subway everywhere you're going home on the train yes okay so it, it's much easier to drink, and I drank a lot more in New York than I drink here. <laughs> it may not be the self-driving car. It may be New York itself <laughs> that encourages you to drink. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'd really be interested to hear from you if if uh, your child has come home and said, Mom and Dad, there's a big walkout, and I want to participate. How you handled that. Or if you got a note from any of the schools, uh, you know, regarding today's walkout. There are, there are thousands of kids. Now, think of this. Think of the feet. There are thousands of kids who have just got out of those hallowed, hallowed halls of learning. Oh my gosh! And walked out in the middle and said, "I am not. I am not going to take this. This. I don't take this precious gift of education lightly. But today, yes, I must. I must remove myself from this class for something more important." 
I, it's incredible they can get kids uh, to do brave. that. It's incredible. It's brave. Now, look, if you're at uh, you know, Parkland High School, yes, you are in the middle of that situation enough that you know this is all this is all you're thinking about all the time, right? If you're in North Dakota walking out of school today, I mean, sit let's out. Be honest about it. So honest about it. I I walked out of school several times back in the day, Glenn. Important protests, such like, as like. like such as, oh my like, gosh! It, well, there are so many of right. them. Which well, one? Just would give you, me one. You want to just start? give me the one like, that just jumps off the top. Priority? What's the scale no, you want to go I'm with? The biggest from one biggest or the one this, you remember? Just the, the one I remember the one. most. Yeah. Uh, oh well, I mean, you know, I guess there's so many that I wouldn't want to downplay one of the other ones right. that I'm you not. You did mentioning. walk out though of school many times. Many times. Many times I walked out and kept walking until I got to McDonald's. Really? Which is a surprise to the audience. Oh, no, I care deeply about the cause. Right. Wh- Whatever was. it was. Whatever <laughs> right. it was. It didn't matter which one of the events right. I'm talking about, Glenn. That so am I the only one? <laughs> Maybe it's just my age. Am I the only one that would, my parents would have said, what the hell were you doing? Yeah, but see, everybody went. So you, it was easy because you, you had strength in numbers. And I can maybe, tell you, maybe, legitimately, maybe. I had absolutely no idea what we were walking out of school for. And honestly, probably were things that I completely disagreed with. But I didn't care because I was out of school and I would have done anything to leave school at any time. That's what you do when you're in school. You try to leave school. If you can leave school without getting in trouble for leaving school, you leave school. That's what you do. Now, no. if they punish <laughs> you, right, if they yeah. punish you for mm-hmm. leaving school, mm-hmm. well, then you might not leave school. Right? The reason why you don't skip school every single day is because you realize you'll get in trouble for it. It's not because you think you're going to learn something or miss out on learning. It's because you're going to get in trouble and you don't want to get in trouble. That's the only reason people go to school. Uh, this is uh, breaking news to many uh, people in the world, no, I suppose. I think, I think if I understand you correctly, mm-hmm. you're saying kids don't want to go to school nor do they appreciate it <laughs> no wow it's, okay. it's, it's amazing commentary <laughs> right. i know but I mean, so you're saying then that these kids don't care really some of them may absolutely but a lot of them don't give a flying crap well, they're just getting out of school when you look at these issues mm-hmm. you'll find typically as we've seen even in parkland there's school there's a lot of kids that are pro uh, second amendment that mm-hmm. are coming out and saying hey it's important that we have to protect these rights. You know what those that kid in North Dakota is doing that's pro-Second Amendment? Walking out of school. They're all walking out of school because you're telling them it's okay to leave school. That's why they're leaving school. Now, sure, there's some activists that are anti-gun and their parents are anti-gun. And then they're going to walk out and they're going to be anti-gun, at least for the day. And I'm not saying that there's not people who are really... You know, obviously, the closer you are to this, the more real it is. So let me go to let me go to Florida, Kim in Florida. Your eighth Hi, grade. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Hi, your good morning, Glenn. your eighth grade student is involved. Their their school is doing what's called a walk in, so they're not leaving campus. They're not allowed to leave campus. They're going into the courtyard. They're going to have seventeen minutes of silence, and. Then the chorus will be singing. My son will be singing because he's in chorus. And it's in memory of the people who lost their lives. I called the school to verify that there was no political anything because I've seen how students can be useful idiots. Mm -hmm. And they assured me that this is not, they don't want anything political. It's just, 
in memory and to show respect and to have silence. Um, they're singing Kumbaya and... Oh, my gosh. I forget this. <laughs> literally literally, literally, literally kumbaya. singing Kumbaya. But still, that's a, be- that's a, that's that's a fine way to deal with and, it, right? You know, like, and there's, there's probably some teachers who are like trying to get these kids quiet for 17 minutes is... I mean, if they'll stand quietly, I'm going to go take a nap in the teacher's room. <laughs> Thank God they're quiet. Uh, Look, obviously, it's great to show, you know, respect, respect. And 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 that's, you know, yeah. that's real. And it's got nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Uh, and that's a much better way of doing it than letting the kids walk out. Right. Uh, let me go to go ahead. I we asked him at the dinner table last night, what is this for? And he, all he could say is it was about the shooting in Parkland and the kids that died. So he didn't know the whole realm of what could be involved in a walk-in or a Mm -hmm, mm walk-out. And I wanted to make sure that he understood what it was about if he was going to participate, not just follow blindly. Right. And uh, it, it really... They really did say it's just to show respect. It's not a protest in any way, and they would not allow it to be a protest. Okay. Well, I'd be anxious to hear if that's what, uh, the, you know, promises kept there on that one. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate it. So you don't want your kids, let's say, you know, walking around, you know, just being a useful idiot. Like I'm watching on TV in New York a sign that says the NRA KKK. You know, and then USA, by the way. Then US. Yeah. Don't, don't forget that they're calling the entire country a group of KKK yeah. members. So that, that's 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 great. I'd be so proud. Tim in Connecticut. Hello, Tim. Hey, Bitline. How you doing? Good. How are you? Seem to be professionally printed good, that good. sign too. That's interesting. Yeah, that interesting. a student. Could, I guess they just went to the local. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kinkos. Kinkos. Okay, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm here in Newtown, and the kids. It's cold for them to protest outside, so they're doing it in the gym. Protest. They're walking in. Instead of walking out, you know, kids they're, brave. Are, they're, they're brave. Yeah, they really want to show their, you know, what they really stand for, what they really believe in. So sure. instead of walking out of school or staying home from school, we just we go to the gym because we got a snowstorm last night, you know? So, right. Well, I mean, look, again, I think, honestly, like, they're talking about school safety. If you have kids go out in freezing cold temperatures, it's probably not a good if idea. If you have kids leave the school, school premises... Right? Even in Florida or Africa, yeah. it's not good for safety. It's also true that being in school is still one of the safest places your child can be. I, I, no, you don't know. Yes, no, statistically, that is no, accurate. Not I mean, true. that doesn't mean we don't protect them. That doesn't mean we don't add security to schools. We don't try to address these specific threats, but like Listen doing absolutely did nothing you, from where we are still, did you, it's one of the safest places. Did they you can see be. all the, the number of shoes that were put on the Capitol steps yesterday? Shoes? You didn't see this? I did not see anything. I did not see a shoe related. There were 7,000 shoes that were dropped on the Capitol lawn yesterday. 7,000. Shoes? Shoes. Children's shoes. Okay. Of all the 7,000 children that are not here. Now, I'd like to go drop the. 60 million baby shoes uh, on the front lawn of Planned Parenthood. Um, babies but, uh, largely don't wear shoes, though. <laughs> I mean, really. Okay, baby socks. Baby, okay, baby socks. Baby socks. Be more I'd like to <laughs> be more effective. Like, well, it may not be more effective, but it'd be more realistic. Baby socks. I mean, that's a I lot of socks. It's a lot of socks. I, that's why I haven't done it yet today. It's an okay. expensive protest. Yeah, well, because, yeah. you know, you can. All kids. You say to him, hey, let's put 7,000, you know, kids' shoes 
on the lawn of the Capitol building. And of course, the kids organize that like that. You know what I mean? That's there's no adults involved. Oh, no, there's no special interest involved in that. That's just all kid power right there. Seven thousand all spread out on the lawn. Uh, that's 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 the mind of a uh, of a fourteen year old and the organizing power of fourteen year olds all across the country. But sixty million baby shoes uh, that might take a little while and an adult. Now, is it true that to organize a uh, a protest to honor the uh, kids who have been killed in these attacks, do you have to uh, be on the side of Louis Farrakhan and dislike Jews? Is that something that because it seems like all of these are are done by the Women's March people? Who are very tied, uh, close, closely tied to Louis Farrakhan. No, um, and I don't. No, you know, I, I don't. feel like the the dislike of Jews really has nothing to do with gun violence or uh, honoring just because, children. Just because you're talking about mm-hmm. the two, three, six, or seven people that mm-hmm. are on the board of directors that are with Louis Farrakhan at his latest conference, sat there while he said those horrible things about white people's time uh, is coming and uh, Jews are the enemy and Jews are the enemy mm-hmm. and they will all be wiped out just because they sat through that and, and you know, and then had photos taken afterwards uh, with Louis Farrakhan. That doesn't mean that it doesn't, it doesn't mean that because it seems like it would mean that for anyone else, it seems like, I don't know if you had a tea party organizer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who sat through uh, speech after speech about how bad Jews are, or how bad blacks are. In fact, you've made comparisons on the air to the Holocaust saying, we got to make sure this doesn't happen again. It looks like it's happening in Iran. And the ADL comes out and criticizes you for it. Now, the ADL has been critical of Farrakhan as well, but it doesn't seem to get any pickup outside of Jake Tapper. He's the only person in the mainstream media who seems to be noticing this well, and putting any pressure on Democrats who are still, to this day, meeting with Farrakhan. Well, what's what's good about this, Stu, is that Twitter's all over Farrakhan. They, 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 he's never been allowed to have a Twitter feed. He still has one. No, 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 because they stop hate. He, he tweets things about the Jews all the time. No. Seems to be one of his no, top no, no. topics. No, no. It's trending on Lewis's uh, little uh, feed there. Huh. Not a fan of Jews. Not he's you know not what? a supporter. You know what? You know what? You know what? Twitter was on the walkout. That's what happened. Oh. As soon as they get back in, they're going to take care of Louis Farrakhan's Twitter feed. Let me go to Julie in North Carolina. Hello, Julie. Hi, Glenn and Hi, Glenn and Stu. I want to say I'm very proud of my children for not walking out. Um, my son's number one in his senior class, and some of his AP professors. Um, gave them extra credit for actually staying in class and learning. They said they could do more uh, for the children in Florida by showing them how safe it is in school, statistically. Shut up. Wow. Wait a minute. Hold it just a second. A teacher is giving America. We may have slipped through another wormhole. Uh, a teacher is giving extra credit for staying in class. Yeah, because he, he said um, just the trend, not going against the trend and actually sitting in for what you believe, which is the Second Amendment. And this is his AP European history class professor. He gave them all extra credit for those who wanted to stay in and just didn't go out, just didn't walk out. Oh, my gosh, Julie. I, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm moving to North Carolina. Thank you so much. Let me go to uh, Beth in Texas. Hey, hey Glenn. How you doing? Uh I was telling your screener that when my son was much younger and the Connecticut shooting had just taken place, I had to explain. We were talking. We're very close. I said, tell me, son, 
that brave principal that threw herself in front of all those kids, how many people do you think would have passed away had she had a firearm? And he held up his hand in a big zero. He's now 15 years old, and it's like to him, we, we're constantly talking about the, the gun-free zones. He thinks that the whole thing is just off the charts, nuts. He understands. It's like he just has a, a complete inherent understanding that that's what's causing all this. Uh, you know, we have firearms in the home, and, and uh, you know, he's just always been taught to be respectful of them. And, you know, uh, you know, Beth, I have to tell you, I just said to the last person, you know, I'm moving to North Carolina and then you call up and I realize, oh, yeah, that's why I live in Texas. <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you and your son. Paying off a debt can take forever and it piles up fast, but it doesn't have to be this way with American financing at AmericanFinancing.net. I want you to call American financing because if you have some equity in your home, you can refinance to consolidate and pay off that debt, and it'll make life a lot easier. Is it the right situation? I don't know. But you can call the, the uh, salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. They work for you. They don't work for the bank. They get the same amount of money if you buy a loan or you don't buy a loan. They're representing you. So that's different than most banks. So they're not going to give you uh, something that is not going to be good and best in your interest. So if you're trying to refinance, you want to uh, buy a house, you want to consolidate, American Financing can review your current mortgage, can look at options that may lower your monthly payments, help you achieve a better financial status. And with American Financing, you can get a straightforward and effortless mortgage experience. It's American Financing. Call them now, 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, uh, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I can't. I'm a little humbled right now by the by the bravery of so many people. Um, in case you don't know, Viacom, uh, you know MTV and all of Viacom, they they have decided that they are going to shut down next hour uh, in solidarity with the school walkouts. They're going to all of their stations going dark for 17 minutes. Powerful. Uh, it is it is really powerful. That is that's so brave of them to I mean to go dark for seventeen minutes. Hey Stu, by the way, before I forget, I've got a question about tonight's um, TV show. The um, when when is the first commercial break usually on TV? About seventeen minutes after the hour. Goes. Okay, thank you very much. Anyway, Viacom, so brave so of brave. you. Oh my gosh. To break, uh, you know, you're not going to lose any money because you can make it back in time for that first commercial break, but. Wow. Well, and it's the important thing is, uh, I know MTV too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they will be returning right after the 17 minutes of silence to uh, honor the children, mm-hmm. uh, the high school children they're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the program 16 and Pregnant, uh, which is going to really... Which would sound like a joke to some, to, to, some. The cynic, to the cynics, but it's not. But you can flip over to MTV instead and get Catfish. Uh, the TV show, which is which is great, not the first seventeen minutes, not the first, no, but right after the first commercial. Well, break, you have seventeen then, minutes, then the commercial break, right? Then okay. then right. they'll they'll, they'll Man, rejoin the previously scheduled program, either sixteen and pregnant or catfish. Oh man, that's brave of them. I I you know I I agree, and I just hope, Glenn, that we can get through today with these students walking out 
And I just hope they are not thinking or praying while no, they're, they're walking not. out. No, they're not. Okay, no thinking no, or no praying thinking, going on? There's no thoughts, no prayers okay, happening. Okay, good, good. Because that's useless. Useless. That's thinking useless. and praying is yeah, useless. it's useless. And Viacom. Oh, man. Brave. Brave. Glenn Beck. Mercury. So more bad news about that huge data breach with a major credit bureau. Turns out 2.4 million additional Americans were impacted. Brings the total to only 147.9 million Americans, the largest breach of personal information in history. The original 145 million had their social security numbers impacted. The additional 2.4 had their names and driver's licenses stolen. There are so many threats today with the connected world that we live in, and it takes just one weak link for criminals to get in. Good thing new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and to the devices you can't easily see or fix on your own. If you have a problem, they have agents who will work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor transactions at all businesses. But new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might otherwise miss. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code BECK for 10% off your first year. That's promo code BECK for an additional 10% off at LifeLock.com. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. One of my favorite people in the world is Nick Vujicic. If you have not heard of him, uh, this is going to be a very interesting uh, time for you. Uh, Nick is a guy who was born without any arms uh, or legs, hands and feet, and he has a new book out called Be the Hands and Feet. Uh, he is one of the more inspiring people I think I have ever met. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hi, Glenn. So good to see your good face. To see you. Love you sitting at this table. Thanks for having yeah. me on your radio show. You're welcome. Appreciate so, um, uh, first of all, let's kind of catch up, uh, with you for anybody who doesn't know you. Tell me your story quickly. Quickly. I was born in Melbourne, Australia without limbs. Lady Gaga don't know why I was born this way. Many people had their own theories <laughs> and philosophies of life, including a woman who said that, well, in my previous life, reincarnation, I was a, a bad boy and now I'm getting punished. But now that I'm a good wow. boy, I'll come back in my next life and be a butterfly. And I'm thinking, <laughs> she don't know how many butterflies I killed in my wheelchair. I don't want to be a butterfly. <laughs> um, being isolated at times. A very loving home, though. Uh, went to a mainstream school. I was the first disabled child to go to the mainstream school system of Australia in 1989 and uh, was excelling in mathematics because that was the only way that I could compete with everyone. But I really had depression and fears about my future. Attempted suicide at age 10 because of bullying predominantly at school. Can you tell me how you tried to do that? Yeah, I went to the bathtub and I told my dad, I just want to relax in a bathtub of four inches, five inches of water. And I turned over to let the breath out a bit. I, uh, I couldn't go through with it, uh, not because it was physical limitations, but because uh, I didn't want to leave my parents with that pain. And I pictured my parents crying at my grave. So I did not go through with that by the grace of God. Tell me, um, tell me the, the, the depth there of despair, of losing hope. You know, it, 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 was, it was as if I never had it. Um, it's not about losing hope. It's actually losing all, all strength to go on just because of the bleak and broken future that I could see ahead. I felt like I was a burden to my parents. I, I convinced myself I'd never get married, never be happy, never be a father. 
uh, never find a job, just be a burden to everyone around me. Um, I thought even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. Even if I had kids, I can't even hold my kids when they're crying. Today, I have my wife. Her name is Kane. She's a rock star. She's a superstar. She's amazing. She's she beautiful. She Six is. years of marriage now. Yeah. And, I, I think uh, you had just gotten married last time I saw you. That's right. Yeah. And congratulations on your twins. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah, so we have two boys, Kyoshi and Dayan, five and two and a half years old. And we got now two twin girls, uh, Olivia and Ali. They're about 10 weeks old right now. Um, okay. So oh, and I wanted to say this, I don't need to hold my wife's hand. I just need to hold her heart and you don't need hands for that. And when my boys cry, I can't put my arms around them, but they put their arms around me. So you, um, uh, you were convinced that you would be a burden on everyone. And that's kind of the way the world is working right now, especially with uh, anybody with any kind of disability. We were talking off the air that this is a providential week to have you come in. It is. Um, because I have been uh, truly sleepless in the last few nights about what's what's happening with the Washington Post coming out saying, you know, if you have Down syndrome, you know, it's, it's very brave, very brave to abort them because we're curing Down syndrome. Goodness gracious. Uh, by killing them. Uh, of course, they're not saying killing, but uh, that's what they mean. Uh, they have, you know, the, the, the responses are people with Down syndrome have no quality of life uh, and they're a burden on families. And I, I think, Nick, quite honestly, uh, if we can, if we as a society can embrace killing the most angelic, I mean, the most angelic. I can't agree with you more. Then who won't we kill? You know what? I've been interviewed all week, Glad, all week. You know, being on the road, yes, for my book and all that stuff. And the question that that you know, because we talk about how when I was in Russia a couple of years ago, um, there was a petition signed because I was famous in Russia overnight preaching the gospel on mainstream TV, and some editor from a publication in Russia said no disabled person should get married, should reproduce and should ever have a stage and ever be on TV. 90,000 mm -hmm. people signed that petition mm -hmm. and then a million people got angry and that guy got fired. I wonder if this person will ever. No, never. You know never. that because, well, it's just an opinion. Well, this other guy also had the opinion. And so the idea here is, well, how many more of these articles will actually be publicized without us actually saying, hey, wait a second, let's really, really analyze this. And it's it's just unfair. It's it's amazing. It's to, unfair. It's amazing to me because... How are we, we different we, from the Russians, Glenn? We're not. <laughs> Everyone's How are we, back you know, at the Russians. I'm Yugoslav and I love the Soviet area and I love the Slavic region. And, and they, we, they, they have a lot of improvement coming. Ukraine just changed their law, Glenn. After I spoke to the government, just to let you know, they're allowing special needs children to go to school for the first time. There's improvement over there. Wow. But you come home here and you get so discouraged and stuff like this. You you know, it's it's um it's remarkable to me that you wouldn't if if we had this, if you would have been seen in utero, you'd be gone. If Stephen Hawking would have been able to be tested in utero, he'd be gone. Stephen Hawking passed away today. He's today. Today. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. One of the most remarkable men to ever live. Wow. And, you know, when you look at the the uh, the Nazi era, the people who voted for Hitler, think of this, 
when he started his T4 program to wipe out, would have killed you, would have killed my daughter, would have killed anybody with Down syndrome. Uh, when they found out that they were gassing those children, the people who voted for Hitler rose up and said, no more, no more. You can't do that. We're just letting it go. We're not riding, rising up. That's terrifying. You're right. You're right. And there's many fronts on, on any fight that you can choose, right? And and for me, Glenn, you know I'm pro-life. You know I'm all with you. I'm, I'll wing you. I'll, I'll I'll be your wingman on this. No problem. We'll, go, we'll do whatever we can to do. But the bottom line, though, is... is I understand the the opposition in trying or the challenge, let's say, in trying to convince people of changing their mind. But, you know, it also gets me just a little bit angry. Other people who actually say we're Christian and we allow 111,000 7.8 year old children in America still waiting, still waiting for uh, an adopted home. A hundred thousand churches spends billions of dollars on on buildings, and we're we're not the hands and feet. We're claiming Jesus as Lord. Do you know how many teenagers they think they're Christian because they go to church on Sunday, then they tease someone at school on Monday? Forty mm-hmm. percent of the reason for teenage suicide in America is because of bullying at school. We really got to do an analysis of ourselves if we really are the salt and light. There's four hundred thousand foster kids waiting. And they, anyway, in the foster adoption industry, you know, we were just just, talking about this last week, last week, we were talking about how Christians, I don't know what it means to be a Christian anymore, because if this is what it means to be a Christian, it makes literally statistically no difference in the world. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested. Here's a contrast. Ready? In Islam, in, in the Quran. They actually say that it's against Allah that you adopt because you can never love somebody that's not your blood like you love someone that someone that is your blood. Holy cow. So how different are we to Islam? Because so many people think, well, how can I love somebody as much as I love my own? And it, it's not about that. It's it's just addressing the biggest questions and fears that people have and saying, hey, look, don't just sit and, and, and listen to the prosperity gospel from the pews. You know, surrender your life to Jesus. And then guess what happens? The next paragraph. What do you want God to do for you today? Let's believe and I'll stand with you. Are you kidding me? We're not here to receive. We're here to serve. The prosperity gospel will end, Glenn, in 10 years from now when 35% of all jobs in America are taken by robots. How dare any prosperity preaching preacher will talk about prosperity when a third of their men have no job. It's time to realize, stop waiting on God to do something and God is waiting on you to do something. I'm all for praying for revival in our country, Glenn, a million people trying to gather in Washington, D.C. But what if a million people actually learned how to preach the gospel? Hmm. And we preach the gospel to 20 people in a day. You can reach the whole country of America in 16 days. Is it really that hard? No. It's not. It's not. 100,000, you know, adoption, is it really that hard? It's not. It's not. I was at a, um, I was at a, a, a venture capitalist conference, and I had to speak, and uh, it was all Silicon Valley. Uh-huh. And uh, guy gets up, and he's an atheist, one of the biggest venture capitalists in the world. And uh, he gets up, and he said, 
had news for you. What's coming is a loss of meaning. Hmm. He said, uh, because the unemployment rate, he said, and this is important, I think, for people to understand. We now look at unemployment and say, oh, can we get it close to zero? <laughs> they, the Silicon Valley, with the way we're working now, they're they the opposite. It. They're saying, let's get it 100% unemployment so you can do what you want to do which is a noble thing. However, it also removes meaning for a lot of people who find meaning in their jobs. And he said, so we're going to have a lot of meaningless. He said, but you know who's going to be, you know who's going to conquer that? People who have actual faith. Wow. Because people who have actual faith find meaning in good works. <laughs> is that crazy? Wow. Wow. And we're not doing it. Wow. And we have to. Yes. Because it'll be the only thing. We will be the ones that can lead the world into meaning and into the hope. The hope of hope. there is going to be, it's going to be okay. Yep. So, Nick. Glenn, I love you. <laughs> I know. We got to spend more time together, I know. bro. I know. I'm out here in Dallas quite a lot. We got a second home here. I know. You know, you don't ever stop by. I'm going to stop by. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the name of the book is Be the Hands of Feet, Living Out God's Love for All of His Children. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the book and the uh, your adventures. And uh, we're going to also spend some time on television uh, tonight. Good. Uh, so uh, make sure you join us. We'll be back in just a second. Simply Safe is the home security company that I've worked with since they had 10 employees. Now they're the fastest growing home security company in the nation. Two million people are protected uh, in their home and business with Simply Safe. They've just released their brand new system. It's the all new Simply Safe, completely rebuilt and redesigned. It's uh, it's it's smarter. It is uh, much, much smaller. It has worked out some of the things like what happens if the power goes down. There's down Wi-Fi, uh, you know, cut landlines, et cetera, et cetera. The all new Simply Safe, redesigned and redesigned to be practically invisible for you. But uh, anybody who comes into your house will hear it and will also be ca captured uh, because it, it, when there's a break in or a breach, it takes a photograph of exactly who's coming in. What's truly remarkable, after all the years of research and the upgrades to this, it's still the same great, fair, and honest price. 24-7 protection is only $14.99 a month, and there is no contract. You own the system. It's smaller, faster, and stronger than anything before. Supply is limited, so go to simplysafebeck.com as they roll this out. Simplysafebeck.com. Protect your home and your family. Simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So, Nick, let's talk a little bit because you know you talk in your book about um, how we need to share how we need to share the gospel. Um, uh, however, I think people, because of what we were just talking about, yeah, people are tired of people talking about the gospel because you know doesn't make a difference we're we're going to church but we're living a hypocritical life we're no different than right. everybody else right and so the bottom line is when 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 me and his evangelists go 68 countries meet 18 presidents speak in front of 10 governments and in front of billionaires to sex slaves and orphans 
there are commonalities of why people don't believe in a loving God. And one of them, rightly said, uh, is that oh, I'm not going to become a Christian because I know Christians. Mm-hmm. There was a bumper sticker said, dear Lord, save me from thy followers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's the truth. That's That's one of the things. And so that's when we point the finger at ourselves and make sure that how we live shows it you know if you're a teenager and you love jesus then you're not sexually active until marriage period no matter what you feel and we're going to hand the truth with love and love with the truth and the bottom line is when you put god in the throne of your life and and you realize his plan and his way is best and money drug sex alcohol pornography fame and fortune and where this country is going where this world is going we know that the only hope is in jesus christ um, that's one of the top seven reasons, Glenn, why people don't come to church. Another one is because they think church is a business. Um, the other ones, though. Can uh, you argue that, though? You know what? The, I, I have the least amount of argument for that point out of seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm, you know, pretty firm to the churches in making sure that that the, the, the center of ministry isn't your gifts. The center of ministry is the gospel. And I feel like we as Americans are absolutely ignoring the fact that the prosperity gospel started in America and it's absolutely devastated Latin America and Africa. And the, the pinnacle of growth and, and, and beauty in the church of those continents was when the church met the needs of the people. But then, but isn't that, but that again, isn't that the point? I mean, I have this argument with people all the time, you know, about faith and works. No, all I have to do is have faith in Jesus and then I'm saved. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. However, you can't tell me that you've been saved if your works aren't his works that's right if it hasn't changed you right, right. In, in fundamental yes. easy ways yes. of the way you live your life then sorry you don't really buy into it yeah i tell the teenagers if you tease someone at school on monday i don't think you're a christian because you have no idea what the love of god is you know and so the other things that i write about in my be hands and uh, be the hands and feet book is how do you talk to somebody who's an atheist who says well science explains everything um, and I, you know, present the points where witchcraft, voodoo, black magic, science can't explain it, but man, it's real. And I'm not an atheist because I've seen an angel. I'm not an atheist because I've seen demons. And so when you realize how you can actually come back with knowledge and points and saying, well, um, how can a loving God let pain be in the world? There's a simple explanation for it. And people don't share about their faith because they don't know the answers to the top six and most common an- so questions that people have. We're going to co- we're going to cover these tonight on TV at yeah. five o'clock. Um, but I, I want to ask you this. Uh, if there's a God in the world. Nick, how could he possibly let a child be born without arms and legs uh, and go through what you went through as a child? Well, first of all, I want to say that I believe it's, being, it's worse being in a broken home than having no arms and legs. Let's just get that straight. Number one, we can't compare each other's brokenness. Number two, though, we know that sickness, disease, and death and, and uncomfortability to our existence <laughs> didn't happen until sin came into the world. And that's when people say, well, then why did God allow the serpent in the Garden of Eden? And the answer is very simple. How unfair God would be to make Adam and Eve with free choice, yet never let them hear anybody else but his voice. If he never allowed the serpent in the Garden of Eden to actually say the contrary to what God said, then do they really have free choice or not? Mm -hmm. Therein they chose. And we know that there is a lion 
de- devouring, killing, destroying, and his name is Satan, and he knows his days are numbered, and he is going around and destroying the world. And the bottom line, the Bible says, Glenn, very clear, black and white. We know that Jesus is coming back when all the gospel has been preached to all the four corners of the earth. And when I was in front of Billy Graham in 2011, he said, Nick, we don't have to preach down other religions, just preach the gospel. The gospel is powerful enough. And Bible says, my people perish because they don't have knowledge. I also think it's Christians who are losing their faith because they don't grow in knowledge. They think, well, now I'm a Christian and now, you know, God's (laughs) going to bless me and that's it. No, are you serious? It's about us being on the front line of God's army, ambassadors, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm a man without arms and legs, being the hands and feet of Jesus, standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic. If God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet, God can use any willing heart. Kind of have this answer down. (laughs) (laughs) i love you uh i think i'm so glad that you're here especially you know this week where we've been talking about uh down syndrome and uh on the day that uh uh, we mark the uh the life of an exceptional man of stephen hawking and you know i see i see god's uh i see god's blessings and glory not that he wants anybody to suffer but i see his glory through stephen hawking he was wasting his life until he realized, I may not have very much time, and it changed him fundamentally. How it changes us is, uh, is up to us. We'll talk some more uh, this afternoon on The Blaze TV. The name of the book, Be the Hands and Feet, Living Out God's Love for All of His Children. Glenn Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I got to tell you, I, I, one of my favorite guests is uh, Nick Vujicic. I, I think he is. Does he make you feel like, or like you know, I mean, here's a guy who has no arms and no, no legs. And I mean, I bet he exercises more than I do. Uh, he's in better shape than I am. And, well, has uh, he ever exercised? Because then, yes, he's exercised yeah. more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's just, he's so inspiring. If, I mean, if you, if you think you can't do it, uh, have you met Nick? I mean, it's just, it's amazing what people can do when they, uh, when they put their minds to it, uh, and they, they partner with a, with a higher power. Uh, by the way, he's going to be speaking tonight in Dallas at the fellowship Bible church. That's a 9330 North Central Expressway. Just go to fellowshipdallas.org. He's going to speak at 7 o'clock tonight, fellowshipdallas.org. He is remarkable as a speaker, one of the most powerful speakers that you'll hear. Um, All right, let's talk a little bit about what happened in Pennsylvania last night. Yeah, a special election, Mm -hmm. uh, and it is uh, very close. They haven't actually, I mean, we don't know for sure who's won yet, uh, the uh, Democrat in the race has a lead of, a, I think it's like five or 600 votes. Mm-hmm. It's very close. Um, and they still have a few votes to count, though it looks highly unlikely there's enough to count that the Republican would come back and win. That being said... How many dead people voted? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be calculated you know, later. I like to know male, mm. female, dead. That's what I'd like to you break it out. You skipped like 90 genders there when you <laughs> I know, said I'm that. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
But, you know, who wins is sort of of lesser importance yes. here. First of all, they're redoing all these districts anyway. They're redrawing them. So the, the, whoever wins here will only hold the job until November. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal as of, uh, you know, of who who wins. It's one vote and it's going to expire very soon. But... But it's, you know, the bigger point here is there's a large trend going on. This is not a one uh, a one off election. What we're seeing here are districts won by Donald Trump by large margins are becoming competitive here. Um, and, you know, every midterm sucks for the president. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a long term rule that, you know, the party of the president that is in power has a really tough time in these midterm elections because i think as people we like the balance of power we like to keep the person in check yeah we kind of push back i mm-hmm. mean this happened if mm-hmm. you remember with obama uh the tea party it happened it, with bush too didn't it yeah if you go back uh, so if you kind of go back and look at how far this has gone i mean 2014 was a wave election for republicans with barack obama as president coming off his 2012 win 2010 was the tea party wave coming off of barack obama's first win uh 2006 off of Bush's re-election was a huge way for Democrats. Uh, uh, 1998, I'm going to go back to 2002 here in a second. 1998, 1994 followed that same pattern. 2002 is the only exception. That's September 11th. It was right after September 11th. Yeah. Where, you know, Bush a year had hit later. 90, Bush had hit an 81% approval rating at one point um, among Democrats. George W. Bush. Think of that. Think of that. An 81% approval rating among Democrats. That's how That's how much we uh, came together after 9-11. Can I tell you something, though? I mean, maybe, maybe it's just me. Um, you know, there is something to be said about, you know, coming together at, you know, a time of crisis, et cetera, et cetera. But we had low expectations for George W. Bush. He was kind of this goofy guy that you're like, okay, well, yeah, I know. He ran a he ran a baseball team and his dad was president. You kind of had low expectations for him. And when he stepped up on 9/11, he was the man. Yeah. I mean, he handled that flawlessly. Flawlessly. At least in the public. You can disagree with his policies, yeah. but his first year, he was he was the leader. Yeah. And, and and everyone pretty much agreed on that for a while. A lot of that was just a statement, I think, of of patriotism in a way. Yeah. Of people just saying, "Look, I mean, look, we're under attack here." Yeah. Um, but although I don't remember, I don't remember having to say or hearing anyone say, "Oh, you're against the president." Well, then you're against America. You're oh, a no, traitor. Yeah. I don't remember. There was no. That was a big left. You know, like there the, was a, a lot of people on the left said that. Like, I'm tired. I remember the Hillary yeah, thing. I'm yeah. tired of people saying that I, I you, you disagree with this president. You're not patriotic. <laughs> and that whole thing, uh, that voice thing mm-hmm. that she did. I loved uh, it. Uh, worked really well for her, yeah. by the way. But uh, it made me think, <laughs> I don't want Indians uh, from India to be successful. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I no, no one is anyone else. That will make black people have like voting rights <laughs> and things like that. And so it didn't work for me because that's what I thought of every time I heard that. It's voice. amazing about that. You're referring to the recent comments by Hillary Clinton and while she was in India, India and that makes you upset right like it, it, it annoys you right mm-hmm. you're angry maybe about her saying those things about you you know who's more angry about it democrats, democrats. they they want her to go inside of a hermetically sealed you know uh, cavern somewhere go and away. hide 
Just hide forever is what they want because they think, I mean, and look, they've got some good evidence to back this up. If you have one special election, you can very easily say, well, that candidate sucked. This is a weird district, you know, whatever. What you're seeing so far is there's been eight special elections since uh, Donald Trump uh, took over. Okay. And, and you can blame this on a million things, but I'm just saying that's the time period. Eight special elections. Here are the results, the swing from Donald Trump's vote and the partisan lean to what we saw in the special elections. Uh, plus 18 for Democrats. Plus 23 for Democrats. Plus 16 for Democrats. Plus 6 for Democrats. Plus 16 for Democrats. Plus 3 for Democrats. Plus 31 for Democrats. And plus 22 for Democrats. They've improved their standing in every single race by an average of about 17 points. Now, there has not been... If you look back at the average swing in these midterm elections... There's nothing. The only one that's even close to that is 2006, where the Democrats improved their standing by 15 points. But as we just noted, that was in comparison to the election right after September 11th. So the Republicans held a lot more seats than they would have normally been expected to hold in a midterm election because of that aftermath of of September 11th. And so the improvement in 2006 was more dramatic for Democrats. This is still less than what we've seen so far on average uh, with these special elections. It does not mean that uh, this is going to for sure, you know, a lot can change in a year, uh, but Republicans are really freaking out. Doesn't matter who wins that election, really. It's about, you know, six months of voting in one seat. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, you know, it, it really isn't. The, the 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 big deal there is that this pattern is has become very consistent in these special elections. And Republicans, they're talking about now this is going to potentially affect people retiring we've already seen an almost record number of retirements uh and you're talking about people who (coughs) are promising candidates who will say "Eh, maybe i'll skip this one and come back next time um and you're in a real danger of losing the house the senate is the map is so strongly favored to republicans it would take a mega disaster for them to lose the senate but the house is really in danger at this point um you know this is a this is a district if you don't know it that was a 20 uh point victory for Donald Trump but it wasn't just a Trump district it was a 17 point victory for Mitt Romney against Barack Obama who was a much stronger candidate than Hillary Clinton I mean they ran against each other we all found that out uh and this is a 22 point swing uh in just a year so you can look at this I think fairly and say well doesn't mean for sure republicans are going to lose they still have a chance a lot of things can happen but two things you should point out here number one you have to realize this is a you're in trouble here if you are the republicans and you want to hold the house and again this means you're talking potential impeachment talk you're talking all sorts of things can happen if you lose that house they'll go after him they'll go after trump immediately uh not to mention you won't get anything passed so that is number one. Realize that the House is legitimately in trouble. Uh, in trouble. Uh, and, and that is a, it's not a minor thing. It's a, it's a big thing. And so, number two, if I may yeah, go yeah, in yeah. quickly. Yeah. Treat this year as if LeBron James just told you he's going to retire. And you're the Cavs and you're thinking to yourself, we better go get every free agent and try to do everything this year because next year we're going to win five games. This you have another uh, what is it it's march 
Mm. You've got eight months to get anything done that you have the chance to get done. You should treat it that way. Maybe you'll win the house and hold on to it. But you should treat the next eight months as if it is your utter maximum priority to get everything done that you think you can get done. Because you very well may lose the, the opportunity to get anything passed in eight, in eight months. And then I guess you have the, until they get seated, so. Ten months. This is a, you do not have a big window here. This is legitimately in danger of going away. So the more you screw around with the little controversies, the more you screw around with, you know, uh, with everybody fighting with each other, that is just eating away at your time to actually get something passed. And that is mostly a, a conversation to have, not with the president, but with the House. You better start passing things. Okay, so will you do me a favor? And I'd like you to look at the stats and tell me where those swings are if you're starting to see more of the uh, old-style conservative Democrat, blue-dog Democrat. Is that is that starting to pop up at all? This is one of the things they're talking about in this election, and that Republicans' defense here is that Connor Lamb, the Democrat, he, uh, he was basically just a Republican. The guy ran as a Republican. I mean, he's just a Republican, and of mm. course they won. I mean, like, you tell me, is this? A, I don't know what a Republican is anymore, so I'll start with that. I have no freaking idea. But the guy was against the tax cuts, said they were a big giveaway to the wealthy. He was, uh, he was, he's for new gun laws like that go further than mansion to me so not or to yeah so i mean again it's not he's not for big he he calls himself pro gun um and you know he has that he didn't come out as like bernie well, bernie yeah. sanders actually used to be pro gun he didn't come out as nancy pelosi <laughs> on guns right? right he came out as like you know i'm a i'm a sensible democrat we need new restrictions but you know universal background checks further than mansion to me went um he supports the tariffs now again I, I don't know if that's a republican position i guess it is now i don't know um he's pro-choice and he is against not only just pro-choice but against the 20 week abortion ban so it's not like i mean 20 week he's abortion ban. Moderate. you're talking 75 percent of americans agree with a 20 week abortion ban so the idea that this guy is some republican they ran in this district is bullcrap it's bullcrap Donald Trump won some Democrats, you know, in these in these Rust Belt states. But again, Mitt Romney won by basically the same margin. This was not like a big, you know, union victory for Donald Trump in this district. And again, he was also super pro-union, this guy, this candidate. So you tell me that's a Republican? I don't think so. That is just a huge move. Again, elections are largely exercises in feelings. It's how people feel. These policies mean less and less every single time we go to the booth. And I think if they feel that this is a common sense Democrat, the policies don't matter. All right. Every business, every business needs great people. And there's a great way to find them. It's with ZipRecruiter. I want you to try this at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. It's free. So, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can find jobs the way you normally do, or you can just go post them online or go up to HR or whatever. But this is something that companies the size of mine and below and, and uh, all the way up to Fortune uh, 100 companies use ZipRecruiter. And what they do is they, the first thing they did uh, when they first came out was just post on all of the, uh, the job sites with a single click, which would save you a ton of time. That's not good enough. 
now they have made ZipRecruiter smart to where it actually learns what you're looking for and then goes out and searches and then finds the best candidates and it highlights the best candidates after it's invited everybody, you know, hey, did you see this job? You need to apply for this job. As those applications come in, it highlights them so you don't miss them. You know that ZipRecruiter, which is taking the time to learn what you're looking for, has has taken it and said, that is a great candidate. Make sure you interview them before you do anything else. ZipRecruiter, it's how you find the great employees of the future. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Try it for free. Check it out yourself today. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So uh, Facebook comments on today's uh, program, just to wrap up, Janet to McClellan uh, wrote in and said, you know, people are saying that they're forbidding students their exercise of their free uh, First Amendment rights. They're forbidding them to leave class. There's a big difference. The protest is scheduled to take place on a school day during hours that the schools are required to the students are required to be in, in, in class. Any other school day or time would be perfectly fine. And I love this. This is from Michelle. Uh, uh, they should hold the protest on Saturday or after school hours to see where the feelings uh, from these students about gun control really lie. And it's true. Why? Why is this during school? Why isn't this at three o'clock? Why isn't this at why isn't this at five o'clock during rush hour? Oh, really clog things up. Oh, <laughs> because they're not going to go. A lot of them will. Yeah, a lot well, of them won't. Exactly. You're always going to get increased turnout when you uh, get out of class. You get out of class. Okay, do you know the story about the uh, uh, the person that, that won the lottery and they're saying, no, 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 they didn't come up forward for a long time. Then they filed a lawsuit and said, I don't want my uh, my likeness or my name used. I don't want anybody to know. And the judge has ruled that they can remain anonymous. <laughs> this is great from Andrea Baxter, a, a listener of ours, Andrea Baxter. I feel kind of bad for her, though, because she'll never get to meet her long lost cousin andrea baxter (laughs) (laughs) you know what this is you know this is this is the we may be witnessing the first lottery winner that may end up in 20 years having the cash (laughs) yes you know if you're going into it you know thinking that way you probably are going to protect the cash yeah you're you're thinking i don't want to be known well then if you don't want to be known unless you're going to move you're not going to live large you know, you're just you're going to be sensible. This this might be the very first lottery winner who will all want to know because they'll be the only ones that, you know, <laughs> aren't laying in a gutter in five years going, I used to be somebody. <laughs> Glenn Beck, Mercury.